This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Added a Disney story, Disney themed Star Wars story to the note. So let's do it. Uh, hey, Bruce, welcome back to the Star Wars Report. How's it going, man? Hi. It's like I haven't talked to you in like minutes. In minutes? Seconds. No, it's actually. It's um, hi, I'm Riley Blanton, your host, and uh, once again, yeah, Bruce Gibson. Everybody, uh, say hello and uh, welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. Long time, I know you were literally the last person who did the show, but thank you for stepping in uh, Am I really last week. The last one who did the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for stepping in. It's uh, I've had oh. to take the I've t- been taking the last few weeks off. Um, rejiggering some things, uh, some changing work schedule, all kinds of craziness, and so here we are once again recording. And you know, I think here's the th- here's the deal. It was what last last year was Rise of Skywalker. Was it really just a year ago? It feels like a lifetime. It does feel like forever. Yeah. Was uh, but uh, that was the pseudo fi- uh, final um Star Wars tonight, at least for a while. Because uh, you you know you back in the day when they would have movies coming out in December, this is right at the time of year where we would be spinning up Star Wars tonight and doing like nightly live streams and stuff. So I think I kind of missed it, which is why I just decided to test it out this week. Which is why for those of you guys listening to the podcast version, uh, this is going to be a more regular thing. Um, we're doing some testing right now, but coming up Tuesdays at eight p.m., we'll be live streaming uh, every week uh, on. My YouTube channel, the link will be in the show notes. But this is just uh, just sort of a test tonight as we talk about all things Star Wars, which means, Bruce, we got to get into the news. And there's there's been a lot that's happened. Probably the most... We have something to report. <laughs> we do. We have something to report. Closer, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. I, I, I have to see if you saw the images of the cabins inside the new inside the um, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah. They they released some images of it. I got to get your your reaction um because stuff is still happening at Disney. It's like they've canceled most of their a good chunk of their construction projects, but of all things um the Galactic Star Cruiser hotel and uh experience is they're plowing forward. Uh, to get it open, so they've released these images of the of the cabin rooms, quote unquote, that you're going in. What uh, what do you think? I think I want to stay there because you know it it reminds me of the Millennium Falcon. It I does. Know, it doesn't look I, it doesn't look like it, but those little like bunk beds remind me of the little alcove beds in the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was like my first impression of my first thought. But the room is white, so it has like that. Uh, you know, uh, Alderaan feel to it. Like, is that what you would call it, you, sir, in your line of work, in your realm of podcasting? Of all people, I thought would be the first person what? to say that this is kind of Star Trekky. It looks kind of Star Trekky, right? I mean, it does a little, yeah. But I mean, it do, it does to me feel more Star Wars than Star Trek. So what? It does. 
so this is an experience for what oh the room's too small then what's <laughs> well if I you look sweet if you look through i think it is a suite i think if you look through it it's multiple rooms and a suite mm-hmm. i think that's how they have it but i honestly it's too small yeah no, well, well, no, be, I mean, be honest like okay, what are you looking what 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 are you looking for for this like amazing immersive experience that they keep it's like taking a real star cruise but it's just kind of virtual but no it's really like taking a cruise in star wars yeah well it, okay you know what that's it does it feels like a cabin you would have on a cruise ship mm. Yeah. That kind of size. Because, again, I'm thinking of like a hotel room. When I say a hotel room, usually there's room for a desk. There's, there's like no room for a desk in here. But it does look like a ship's uh, cabin, like on a cruise ship, but Star Wars style. So it's got enough room for one bed, like one double bed, or maybe this is a king or something or a queen. I don't know. I haven't read this, but then it's got the two bunk beds. But here's the thing. If I stayed there, I'd want to stay in the bunk beds. Okay, just really? It looks cool. I just don't know if it would be like big enough for me. You know, it reminds me the the bunks remind me of that sort of medical bay bunk that Chewie's sitting in in the in the back uh, in Empire Strikes Back. Um yes. and and it reminds me um a little bit of that. Uh but which I which you get a better look at at Galaxy's Edge. Um, and so I could I could see I could see what they're going for there, but it just it's definitely they didn't go for, and this is what I'm kind of surprised by. They didn't go for the use universe look. They didn't go for the you know YT thirteen hundred freighter Millennium Falcon experience, which you would kind of think of. That's what Star Wars is. It's a sanitized kind of New Republic era looking experience. Like if you were to go on a fancy cruise in the Star Wars core worlds. Like, this is what it would look like. You mentioned Alderanian, which I, th- I think that's an interesting move instead of making it more like a you're smuggled aboard a freighter and that's part of your adventure that there. They they definitely are playing the luxury side and not the adventure side, I guess, from the, yeah. from the pictures. Yeah, but again, if it's supposed to feel like a cruise... Makes sense. Yeah. Lose yeah. me. Just for a second. Oh, if, am I here? You're saying if, okay. it's, but basically, you're saying that they. It makes sense if they are doing. Which do you? Are you happy with that? Would you prefer a more used universe kind of look? Or I guess, I guess you know, day one, it's kind of yeah. cool. But like your third night on like the, the the uncomfortable cot on the rack, you would probably be like, okay, the bit bit's over. Well, to me, that would have to be a different experience. Like, a di- there's like a different hotel that's more of like some kind of freighter. So you would, it would be cool if you could pick your adventure, I guess, pick the type of ship that you're on. I would prefer this room. I just want a nice, comfortable, clean room. But you know what? <laughs> I give it a few years, it will feel used. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's not going to take that long. If you're looking <laughs> for the used motel look in Orlando, there are places you can go <laughs> and not oh, spend yeah. nearly as much money. Uh, at like one of the the Knights Castle Inn, uh, I know Disneyland famously has a lot more like really dirt cheap property near it. You know yeah. that um, there is some more questionable accommodations, low budget uh, uh, hotels and experiences that yep. I think Disney, looking back, didn't want to repeat, which is why they sort of own all the property around and in the parks. 
it's not the same in Orlando. So that's that's going to be part of this more premium experience. But I'm excited. I, I like the idea of of the cruise in the Star Wars universe. It definitely listen. I don't know how big the market is for this. I really don't. I, I does it interest me? Yes, but I'm me. I'm the guy talking to my buddy on a Star Wars podcast. I don't know how wide the appeal is going to be, and I think I think it's going to be a tough sell to make this accessible and exciting to uh, the average kid going to Disney. I'm just not sure if that's going to be a thing, I, 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 especially at the price tag that they're talking about. How many rooms are there? Uh, in the hundreds, not very many. Okay. If, I was going to say, like for, to your point, I don't think there'd be a whole lot of people doing this. Yeah. Because the whole idea is it's, what, a three-day experience, two yes. nights, if I remember? Okay, so for $1,000, you do that. But most people who are going to Disney World, Disneyland, aren't doing this kind of thing. Uh-huh. But if, like, you and I were going to, you know, gather up some people and do something. Which I we will. Which this. we will. Uh, I, I want the I want the, the top bunk. <laughs> Your dibs on the top bunk. <laughs> if I can fit. <laughs> it's all fun and games until you roll out in the middle of the night. <laughs> I want to know what the bathroom looks like. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like does the sink look like a droid or something or the toilet like what does a star wars toilet look like hmm. like does it look like you're opening up a droid's head well i mean we, we kind of have our answer at galaxy's edge right i mean I, I don't even remember if i went to the bathroom at galaxy's well, that's <laughs> that's part of the experience oh no you haven't let me be the first Did to I? say you haven't truly experienced galaxy's edge until you've actually used the the what's the what's the old EU for the fresher, the refresher, the refresher. I, refresher have, I just don't remember at uh, at Galaxy's Edge. It's it's they have the kind of cool tiling, vintage old, um, top to bottom, uh, rusted out looking piping that makes the uh, yeah. and these kind of weird vectored bladed hand dryer things. It's all very. Um, very used universe is what they're going for but it's not like the one you know the harry potter thing at universal where you hear what's her face giggling oh wait really and you're <laughs> kidding that's the thing Mo- yeah what's the character moaning myrtle how do i even know this i'm not even a harry potter guy <laughs> yeah you go in and moaning myrtle you go and you hear her going and you're that's in there <laughs> terrifying that's not okay i see well at least we're we're ahead on that at least we are, uh, Bruce. I, uh, After my Galaxy's Edge, I would have remembered somebody laughing. I'll be honest. I we there's there's some other news stories and stuff that we could talk about this week, but really, all I want to do is talk to you about Mandalorian. That's for the other show. The the heiress. Now, I it last week would have been a different story. I'd be like, yes, go listen to the Mando cast or, or go listen to uh, Ion Cannon and Awampasai. They all have sort of review episodes, and that's not really what we do. We do like maybe a short segment like you did last week. But then this week happened. <laughs> what happened this week? Uh, Wait, was- the Mandalorian got like really good. Like really good. <laughs> so it wasn't good before? Uh, it was good before, but now it's really good. <laughs> but now it's really good. Well, and that's the thing. I think um uh I I I think I've never I've not been as blown away by Mandalorian as I think a lot of people in Pandem are. I've, I've enjoyed all the episodes and then there've been certain episodes that I've absolutely loved. In fact, the heist episode uh last season was probably my favorite, the one with Bill Burr. But as far as like the core characters, I don't think it had captured me yet as much as I'd hoped and I just hadn't seen as much um development as I as I would have hoped. 
from any of the main characters because we don't really the Mandalorian as a main character not not a lot of emotional range if I may well, be so bold face too <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah so I don't I don't but it's it's so funny because I a lot of the stuff I heard is the rumors came about which by the way guys uh, spoilers spoilers for episode what uh, 12 right 12 13 the heiress chapter uh chapter excuse me excuse me um and um so we're gonna spoil now which we have all kinds of stuff to talk about but i i it's interesting that i want to get your take on this bruce i heard a lot of concern uh about mandalorian becoming the star wars rebels continuation show and and bringing in all these other characters that rumored boba fett right we had his cameo uh bo katan uh, maybe even Sabine, even though we haven't seen her yet. Uh, seeing uh, the Dark Saber and coming straight out of Clone Wars—is it just like are are they going to rope in all these other characters and crowd out the the characters that we all love? And, and you to forgot me, to mention the person he's now assigned to go look for. Well, yeah, exactly, Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, the big one. I'm just uh, so listen, yeah. guys. I said uh, spoilers. Chapter eleven. Exactly. Thank you, Adam in the chat. Yeah, chapter eleven. Um. Yes, filing for bankruptcy. Well, well said. But I, I, I guess for me, that's kind of what I was hoping for. I don't know what that says about me as a fan, but like to to me, I I enjoyed the episodes about the Mandalorian. But like the character, the side characters for the most part, I I found the Mandalorian interesting. I found Cara Dune a very interesting character. I found Grief Karga kind of interesting, maybe. Uh, he he's a big personality. I I liked him. But as far as a lot of the other side characters, the lady from Tatooine and the young dude from Tatooine, like the young, inexperienced bounty hunter, there are a lot of these other side characters that popped up in one way that I just that didn't really capture me as a Star Wars fan. And so when they have an opportunity to bring in characters like Boba Fett or Bo-Katan or Sabine or Ahsoka Tano, that's really exciting because it connects to the star wars mythology that means a lot to me which is the films and the clone wars and listen i cut my teeth internet age star wars fan uh on clone wars and star wars rebels and so having having this integration to me is a a reason to be much more excited than if it was just following these characters and i'm sure there's development that that we could have seen with with a lot of them but um we didn't see as much as I was hoping for in season one. So I, I really do hope that it's it's not just cameos, you know, to say, hey, look, it's Ahsoka Tano and she knows what to do with Baby Yoda. Okay, bye. I, I really do hope that, um, uh, that that they are part of the Mandalorian story and, 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 and his growth as a character. In the same way that, I, that IG-11 was. IG-11 is the best example of illustrating how the Mandalorian obviously... Um, had this this deep seated fear of droids, and that very much played into this sort of redemption arc for IG Eleven of all of all creatures. So that's the best example of what I wish all the the depth that I wish all the Mandalorian characters had. And so with Bo Katan arriving and having this sort of um, you know deep seated desire to restore Mandalore and we know something interesting is happening there. It's captured my attention. I'm rambling at this point. Bruce, Bruce set me straight. I, you know, I, I don't know what to really say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I kind of have mixed feelings about it because okay. there's sometimes when we're going into a new star Wars series, 
like this, the Mandalorian, I'm expecting everything to be more original, like all original characters, not tied necessarily to any of the other characters and anything else. This is going to stand on its own. Give me new characters, new relationships, new situations. And of course, well, you know, the Empire is involved. And of course, Mandalore and the Mandalorians has a piece to this. And of course, then the quote baby yoda the child yeah is a descendant of whatever yoda is so i mean I have connections because it is star wars but then when does it get to be a little too much i mean how many times do we go to tatooine like mm. i <laughs> love going to tatooine but the second time i was like like the first time it was like okay this is a one-time thing where he's probably going to go to tatooine but tatooine is not a destination that people go to very often and so when the season starts off with he's going back to tatooine i'm like okay I still love that episode, but mm. and and like you're saying, all these characters that are being reintroduced from the Clone Wars, I like it, but then I get a bit concerned. Like, is are we going to lean too heavily on that? If we are, then make them very much an integral part of the story, not just a one shot thing. You know, if Ahsoka shows up, then and she and give her a big role and have Ahsoka stay for at least several episodes. Not just a one-time thing like you're saying, oh, yeah, give me the child and I'm off. Bye. Yeah. You know? I mean, I be very careful not to go too far on mm. the fan side is what, how I feel. What do you il- illustrate in your mind, as just as a fan, what you think is the, the best potential for using Bo-Katan and, and Ahsoka and, and how they can fit into the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda's arc? I mean, it all needs to be about the Mandalorian. Like, whatever that they do has to be helping him on something. I don't want this to just all of a sudden start to feel like the Mandalorian has fallen into a sequel of the Clone Wars or a sequel of the Re- of Rebels. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm, I, I wouldn't mind it. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> mind it either, but I also want to see something new, you mm. know? Yeah, it's like I said, it's a fine line for me. What do you think of uh, Sasha Banks' role and the other Mandalorians? Because it's not just Bo-Katan. We got we got two new ones as 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 part of Clan Krees. Yeah, I mean they were good too. I mean I would I was disappointed that we left those three characters in this episode. I hope we see them again. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I I, I would hope so. I I actually I thought like uh, Sasha Banks' role. I forget. I don't remember the exact. In universe name i don't have it in front of me but i i did i do think she did a a really good job of putting a lot of personality into a, a character without a lot of dialogue and that's a very star warsy thing like I, I, you know what that's one thing i liked about bill burr's character he had just a big personality even though it was just the one episode uh, but i hope we see more than the one episode um for her it would it'd make a lot of sense but i mean dude the the whole idea of raiding the ship um the remnants of a radicalizing empire long live the empire and he pulls the full on old world war two nazi movie uh <laughs> you know t- you know takes takes himself out mm-hmm. uh it was kind of dark for star wars uh, in in a way i i i like the movies you like what? Sorry, I missed you for just a second, Bruce. I know. I'm having problems with my mic. <laughs> oh, I got you. And, and oh, there we go. There you are. Okay. 
Uh, I like that they're pulling and being inspired for other types of genre movies. That part I really like. Yeah. I, I don't I, care how violent it gets. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Full-on Game of Thrones. No, we won't, we won't see that. No, I think they, they are, and they are, they're pulling from that. They did that a bit in, in season one. I think they've done a better job in season two so far of the, the full-on spaghetti western of episode one um, and Cobb Vanth, which, by the way, if you had told me that they were going to pull the character from the Aftermath trilogy that stole Boba Fett's armor and and used that storyline, I would have laughed, laughed, laughed you away. I would not have, would not have believed you. But that, see, I love that. Yeah. I love it anytime they pull from, like, the books. That's yeah. That's cool. Because hmm. it's bringing you into the cinematic universe, per se. Yeah. But see, again, I like that kind of stuff. I don't want the universe to feel too small, though, you know? But you're right. I geek out. When I see something familiar, I mm. freak out. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But then you, you know, like, do I want more of that? Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I exactly. I I think um, it's a it's a it's the best version of of integrating the stories, uh, in a meaningful way because it's an interesting story. Like um, I you know I I find the idea of someone having bought Boba Fett's armor off of a bunch of Jawas fascinating and i and i liked the, the idea of being able to see a flashback of like the moment the empire fell we like we literally got a flashback of that i know we're going back to episode one here but i sorry guys i've just been geeking out about mandalorian a lot i i think um i think i kind of love this season even though the this we've only been three episodes in and the middle one was i uh, was kind of lukewarm on but the first episode and this most recent one just have me stoked as a star wars fan yeah, I like the I love the first episode of the season. The second episode to me was just okay. Yeah. This third one I love this third one too. Yeah. Um but I like I loved it for different reasons than one. Yeah. Because uh, just because like you're saying there was a lot of geek out moments in yeah. this third one. Yeah. So. It, it there there were and it was there's a lot of um uh eye candy for Star Wars fans just the idea of of seeing Mandalorians in action. Uh, hijacking uh, an imperial vessel like that's that's the stuff of like uh, of of us nerding out as kids playing with action figures or in my case lego sets um <laughs> yes <laughs> which has been there uh has been a big thing for me so i i don't know i'm i'm super i don't know how much else there is to say oh you know what? i have to we have to like touch it we mentioned it but the ahsoka tano thing um i i love the idea of uh the mandalorian not really knowing what the Jedi are. Cause it's obvious that he doesn't know a lot. He, do, he doesn't seem to be the most worldly guy. He doesn't know. He didn't even know that there were different sects of Mandalorians. Some of whom say like, yeah, this whole helmet thing, pfft, it's not a big deal. Uh, turn to camera, look at Pedro Pascal. See you. We'll get to see your face soon. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but um, not, he, not only was he not aware of that, I mean, you have to think about it. He probably thinks the Jedi when he's, I'm returning him to his kind is just like a bunch of little green dudes. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't, I, I don't think he's expecting Ahsoka Tano. So it'll be really interesting to see if, um, if, if it's sort of like a Yoda situation where he's seeking the Jedi master, but what he's expecting ironically is exactly Yoda where, whereas what he finds is nothing like Yoda. 
uh, instead of the sort of exact yeah. reverse of Luke's experience in the original trilogy. Yeah, he might be. You're not Ahsoka Tano. You can't be. You're not green. You don't have big ears. <laughs> you can't be. <laughs> Aren't all Jedi green? Come on. Yeah, he might be that way. I like that, though. I, I, I like that not everything is known. Mm. I also love the complexity of having these different types of Mandalorians and the way they each do something different. That just adds so much complexity because that's really what the world is like. You know, you go to any country or any wherever. I mean, not everybody's the same and everybody operates differently. You know, that's sometimes in sci fi, you have a planet. And it seems like everybody's in the same religion. Everybody lives in the same town and there's one leader. <laughs> it's like, no, it's got to be more diverse, yeah. and more populated than that. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm going to throw to a question that uh, one of our fine patrons, actually, uh, Nathan okay. Christensen posted a little bit ago on the live stream. And, and, and he, he actually, I had to Google it, Nathan, full, full uh, disclosure. But he brought up an interesting thing like, um, is there significance that Paz Vizsla... Is was in you know Din Djarin's The Mandalorian's culvert back in season one. Um, after what happened this week, and that is the idea of Din coming from this radical sect, this cult, um, you know that 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 only believe in the way that theirs is the way, and that's the the Vizsla clan, that's the Death Watch, children of the Watch. It must be Death Watch, and I, it makes perfect sense to me. And I, but I had to look it up. Paz Vizsla is like the super badass, um, huge Mandalorian with like the rotary gun in season one, and so it would make sense that if he was a Vizsla, that he would be uh, part of Death Watch, and therefore the children of the watch who are the sort of the radicals it's it almost the language around it the sort of tribal nature and the deeply almost cult-like religious beliefs of the mandalorians this is the way i mean even then bo-katan makes fun of it at at, at one point in the episode she's just like mocking him which is this is the way (laughs) get it it's what you guys say but i turned it on its head (laughs) you know but i love that i love that idea that it sets up this sort of conflict because if the Mandalorian is um, of the Vizsla clan or of the of Death Watch, that sets his way right. This is the way, probably into conflict, maybe, with the claim of Bo-Katan as Clan Kree's, as she's going to restore t- herself to the throne of Mandalore. Which, by the way, she just kind of casually drops in the dialogue of the episode. I'm just curious what you think of the possibility of of Din Djarin being a part of Clan Vizsla or the Death Watch, and that may be coming into... Maybe he discovers this his own journey of self-discovery. Hey, I'm the heir to Mandalore. But meanwhile, Starbuck... I mean, I mean, Katie Sack... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, wait, I'm the rightful ruler. Is that not like the natural conclusion of a TV show called The Mandalorian? Is like, who has the right to be the Mandalorian, the ruler of Mandalore? I like how you're saying this because mm. to the, your point, with the title being called The Mandalorian and Din's the Mandalorian that we're following, then yeah, I can see maybe at the end of this, he is the Mandalorian. And maybe it's not even being the leader of Mandalorian, but the official mm. but maybe he brings mandalorian back to from something into what it should be and inspires something within the culture or something i i don't know i like the idea i like the idea though of the show if it was called the mandalorians 
because I think I would love a show that's just about the Mandalorians. But mm. if this is going in that direction, that's awesome. Mm. That's why we should. Ha- <laughs> I don't know. That's why we should have a show called The Gungans. I'd watch that. The Gungans. We me s- <laughs> to start a pretty okey day with the brisky morning munchie. That's what I. I should. I, I want to use that more regularly in my in my life. I don't know. I'm going to start a new Star Wars podcast and just call it We Should Do a Podcast. <laughs> That'll be the name. There been, there's so many Star Wars podcasts. That's all we need is is just more clever. Because you run out of Why different the, variations. There's so many on, people trying to copy you. <laughs> that's not true. I was, I've already copied people before me. It's just a, it's a long line of succession. <laughs> but... Um, there's only so many things that you can use for to combine various words and phrases and species and ships and factions and Star Wars with the word pod and with the word cast. Like Imperial yeah. Cast or Imperial Pod. I'm probably naming actual podcast here accidentally, but um that okay, I digress. But I digress. I don't know. I, I think so that's Manto cast. Oh wait, that's already Wait, that's ridiculous, right? No. <laughs> Actually, I, I workshopped that name, so that one's my fault in some ways. But no, no, I, I think um, that for me, I guess to wrap this up, that that's what this episode represented is that possibility of bringing in that kind of thing. And then, as, and as a Star Wars fan who wants to know and wants to see more of the lore of Star Wars, and what what lore in Star Wars is more intriguing than the Mandalorian lore, and what happened to Mandalore and the Great Purge. Like, I, I want to know that. I want to see that. I want to see the flashbacks of Mandalorians fighting in the Great Purge against the Empire oh, yeah. and, and the Battle of Mandalore. And so bring it. That's what I, uh, I hope to see throughout this season, maybe next season, is a building up to a clash for the rule of Mandalore. And we'll see those elements that were introduced in the Clone Wars. I mean, I mean when I saw, when watching this episode with my, with my wife, Savannah, she, she was the, quickly called out and I forgot that we'd watched a good handful, like a smattering of key Clone Wars episodes leading up to Clone Wars Season 7, including the the Maul Mandalorian episodes. Satine's death and like Obi-Wan's journey and what was happening with Death Watch. And she's like, oh yeah, I recognize mm-hmm. Bo-Katan. I, that speaks something, because even just from those brief couple episodes, the fact that the character kind of was memorable enough to be like, wait, I, I know this character, even... Uh, it's not like uh, Savannah watched every episode of the Clone Wars in, with great detail and knows every single member of all the various Mandalorian clans. But it, it does tell me that Bo-Katan as a character is interesting enough and distinct enough and belongs in that universe of Star Wars characters uh, that can be highlighted as a main character on a TV show. I think that's that's a good indicator there. I think so, too. And it's going to increase the popularity of the Clone Wars. And I have some scientific Mm. information for you. (laughs) Scientific. Drop some science, man. I am adding something to the show. So in Business Insider, there was an article recently. If you go to uh, Mm -hmm. businessinsider.com, there's an article about the top nine top streaming TV shows. Okay. And what it says here is... uh, Parrot Analytics provided Business Insider with a list of the nine most in-demand shows on streaming services in the U.S. Now, do you want me to give you the nine, or do you want me to just give you the highlights of what I'm going to talk about? I, I want to know at least the the top three. Okay. I want to know at least top, those. Okay, so at number three mm-hmm. is Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access. Oh, interesting. Right up your alley. Yes. Number two 
is Stranger Things on Netflix. Oh, interesting. Okay. Another one up my alley. <laughs> and then number one is The Mandalorian on mm. Disney+. Plus. So, now this is all in the U.S., but here's the interesting part of this. If you go down the list at number four, I'm going to hit some of these. Four is Titans on HBO Max. Used to be on, uh, or still is right now, Disney Universe, but they're changing that. Cobra Kai on Netflix. So all these are fairly recent series, right? Number six on the list is Star Wars The Clone Wars on Disney+. Plus. No way. In the top nine of streaming shows today, this week, this month, Whatever it is. <laughs> Whenever. Star Wars The Clone Wars. Huh. Yeah. And I mean, all the other series on here are fairly new. That's like, crazy. The last year. That's crazy. So it just tells me that people are probably watching The Mandalorian and yeah. then going and checking out The Clone Wars. It's got to. And, and I think the fact that um, Disney's really kind of been promoting Star Wars so heavily on Disney+. Plus, I've been surprised at, at how much... That they promoted the Mandalorian is as makes sense the flagship show, but also the behind the scenes series and also the Clone Wars when this when the season gets featured on the front page of Disney Plus that that whole time those new episodes were airing. Um, so I think they're definitely they're Disney's putting their marketing might behind the behind the very thing they canceled <laughs> up front, which is kind yeah. of ironic. Yeah, and of course, when they released a new season earlier this year of The Clone Wars, that helped it too. But I think there's a whole other generation of people that are discovering The Clone Wars because, number one, it's like 73 or something, whatever, million subscribers to Disney+, Plus, which far exceeds what they expected. And then with all of them going in there and seeing The Mandalorian and other Star Wars stuff, they're checking out The Clone Wars. Yeah. And maybe they'll be checking out Rebels too. I don't know. And that other one, that other one. I, I think that... Resistance. <laughs> what's funny is of those three, like, I think Clone Wars is by far the most accessible and exciting for like a kid watching it. I, I mean, I liked Rebels. And in fact, I think I've, I've grown to appreciate it. In fact, I'll, um, hang on, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the thing. S- stand by, everybody. <laughs> Ooh, stand by. I'm feeling dead air. And, and this dead air may be edited out. I don't know. So I'm going to tell you a secret. Man. Uh, wait, it's too late. He's back. Always. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll save that secret for another day. Oh, gosh. See, I, every time I just put my headphones on, I always, I always listen back when I edit the show. And I'm like, what did, what did Bruce say? Um, <laughs> like you edit the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish. So I, I've been going back through um, the art of books because I was kind of actually hunting for a way to. And it, actually, this is a call out to you guys. <laughs> Look what's on the feature. StarWars.com right now. Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. I haven't seen it yet. I, ju- I watched it today. What? Mm. Oh, yeah. Boba's Bounty. We'll save it. We'll save it. We got to save it. But um, I was, I guess this is almost kind of a Boba's Bounty too, but I, I just wanted to talk to you about this book, which I only really dug through this past week. It's the uh, Art of Star Wars Rebels book that came out like a couple months ago, I want to say. And I was coming through because I've been looking for good licensed Star Wars art that I could buy like a canvas prints of. Um, and you know what, guys, I can't, I, I've, I'm doing this as a, a grave disservice by not actually um, just playing the audio. So let's make this official. It's time for Boba's Bounty. Let's see if this works. That's the... It's worth a lot to me. As you wish. Boba's Bounty. 
you guys know it's that segment where we talk about like actual star wars things we're interested in and have been reading or watching or doing we're just nerding out about star wars old school the way we used to do it the star wars that we used to know somebody no <clears throat> so bruce bruce um are you still are you still with me have i lost you all right there he is yeah just making sure everything was working with you hi uh and and also with you the art of rebels book is amazing and what led me to it is what it, my Boba's Bounty is, which is the, the making of and art of The Force Unleashed. I have been on this huge, like in the, guys, you may have been, what, why hasn't Riley been on the show? All I've been doing is watching Sam Witwer's and David Collins' uh, live stream series that they did a couple years back of the Force Unleashed video game. It's literally a developer's commentary series. They got the the showrunner, developers, uh, David Collins, who's amazing. He hosted uh, Star Wars Oxygen and the soundtrack show. Um, just a, a huge presence in Star Wars fandom and has worked on a lot of Lucasfilm projects over the years. We've had him on the program uh, a while back, but uh, Mr. David Collins and, and Sam Whitworth, who's, of course, the star. He plays Starkiller, if you guys don't know, on the Force Unleashed. And I, I absolutely loved that game. It was amazing. A great story, incredible gameplay, and really hit me at a time where I was really getting into and getting really passionate about Star Wars and getting involved with the online community. Like that, That's like the, the birth of my hardcore Star Wars fandom was in 2008, 9, 10, 11, when Clone Wars was coming on air, when The Force Unleashed came out. And so it's it's sort of this weird era of nostalgia for me that I think for a lot of like uh, you guys who are listening who are OT fans, you remember this as when the Kenner action figures finally started coming out or when Empire Strikes Back released in theaters. Like it's it's it seems silly to say, but like there's that moment where like uh, the hardcore Star Wars fan Riley was born. <laughs> and that's definitely a part of it. So it's been this huge sort of experience of nostalgia going back and just listening to Sam and David uh, do this incredible commentary series. You've got it. It's all on YouTube. It's on the Comlink channel um, and on Sam Whitworth's YouTube channel. But they did four episodes. Each of them are like about two hours long. And they really get into the lore, the storytelling, the collaboration between ILM and um, Lucasfilm Animation and LucasArts at the time, which isn't even a thing anymore. It's, it's so sad. But um, I, I got I was so interested in it. I just went on Amazon, bought it used, got a copy of the making of uh, and art of book. And it was just this incredible concept art. Some of the stuff that you probably remember, Bruce, of Starkiller pulling down the F- Star Destroyer, this iconic yep. imagery of the game. Um, that I just like, man, there's so much incredible Star Wars concept art, especially from the prequels and from the Force Unleashed and from Clone Wars and Rebels, from the art of books, including the Rebels one that I have here in my hand, um, that, that it, 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 just, it just blew my mind. It's like, I, I want this, I don't want just like the poster, you know, like you and I both have the Star Wars, Star Wars movie posters in the background, but like this is just amazing art. This is the kind of stuff that I would want uh, on canvas in the studio that I could like, it would, it's just incredible artwork that I can highlight. Like I'm just literally uh, thumbing this open, but there's a, um, some of the, the artwork that they do of, of tattooing some of the landscapes, particularly Amy Beth Christensen's work uh, for star Wars rebels is just, just incredible. Uh, I'll just look at the, this splash page, Bruce, so that you can see it is the star field and, um, oh, yeah. Ezra reaching forward to the 
the holocron, kind of the world between worlds. And it's just this beautiful, stark piece of art. And and this is actually sort of just, this Boba's Bounty is a cry for help, everybody. It's hard <laughs> to find, it's hard to find licensed, accessible artwork for Star Wars. You can't buy it. The only place I can find is there's a, a fairly limited selection, I would say, at Acme Archives. But as far as like, if you want a piece of art and you want to like support the artist and buy it, um, from any of these art, art of books, any of the concept art for the prequels, even the new films. Uh, you can find these artists' work online, but you, you sure can't buy it. I don't know if it's a licensing thing or what the deal is, but I guess this is sort of just... A re- if any of you guys are listening to this and you're into the concept art world, I've, I was emailing back uh, and forth a little bit with an uh, uh, awesome guy, Paul Bateman, um, who uh, is is very much into and, and knew Ralph McQuarrie and has done a lot of concept art of the world. That's literally his his wheelhouse is is concept art. So he had he pointed me in the right direction some, but the the license moves around and it just makes it difficult to access access some of this incredible art. And so I guess that's what I've been doing is kind of searching through and uh, seeing how uh, how much work goes into just the visual design of of all of these projects. It blows my mind, the the amount of depth and care that went into the creation of The Force Unleashed and even, you know, Star Wars Rebels. So I guess that's my my Star Wars nerd out moment for Boba's Bounty. That's one thing I wish, like, the concept art and so much of the art that we see in Star Wars and even, like you're saying, with The Force Unleashed. But... um, and even the novels and the comics, like the artwork done on, on those, like on the covers, I would love to have his posters. I'd love to have a poster of some of this stuff, but yeah. you can't get it. You yeah, know? It's, you can't. It's, it's so hard to find. You can, you, you can download a low-res res image that from, from online somewhere, but you certainly right. can't get a nice, nice on canvas, and especially in a way that supports these artists. Um, just some incredible, like Amy Beth Christensen, um, Oh gosh, there's there's several prequel artists that some of their concept just blow, blows my mind. There's a book I'll, I'll highly recommend it, um, but it's just called uh, Star Wars Concepts or Star Wars Concept, and that's all it is. Is it's just a chronicling of Star Wars concept art from the uh, OT all the way through the PT, and then it even has some stuff for Star Wars Underworld, the live action series. Oh um, yeah, the Star Wars um, kind of Battlefront sequel that they never did. Clone Wars art it, it's sort of a mishmash of everything up through about like 2000 really right before the Lucasfilm buy uh, it takes you through the the whole thing so Star Wars concept um, Mr. Bruce Gibson hit us with uh, Boba's Bounty well just to uh, real quick the one yeah. thing about the art which is kind of part of my Boba's Bounty but it leads into something else is uh, just this evening my daughter Madison who's in college says dad I want to buy you just one more thing for Christmas and I can't think of anything do you have any ideas and I told her to uh, order the art of the Mandalorian which comes out December 1st nice so keep that in mind if you like these types of books the Mandalorian one is coming out I think it just focuses on season one but uh, that's coming out but the thing I did today because you know hey Mm-hmm. It's Life Day. Happy Life Day. Happy Life Day, Day Bruce. We didn't say that. That's true. We should have led the I show. I know. Uh, duh. We should have thought of that. <laughs> what Star Wars fans are we that we didn't think about? It? But I watched Lego Star Wars holiday special today on Disney my, Plus. My God. It's 47 minutes long and it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a mashup. I'm not I'm 
I'm going to try to avoid no spoilers, spoilers no spoilers for the Lego you know, Star Wars holiday special don't you dare sir it's, it's a mashup of, of all kinds of stuff I'll just say it that way yeah yeah it, it's a lot of fun and that's don't amazing. take it seriously yeah please yeah, yeah that, that's because <laughs> I could just see people saying like oh does this mean this is canon that this uh, no, no and by people you mean Mark Herleman um <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be, he'll be back on the show next week so that'll be uh we'll have his canon review of it um featured I would love to next hear week so i i can't wait uh me and savannah are gonna sit down and watch it um we love the lego specials it's one of our favorite things um they're they're hilarious so uh that hey guys that's that is gonna put a wraps uh on this on this episode of the star Wars report podcast uh thanks so much for uh for tuning in for uh, listening to everybody uh of you guys listening who joined live uh thank you so much uh, you can find the link to uh, my YouTube channel, which is where we're going to be doing this much more regularly, Tuesday nights. Um, so make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel. What is it, like smash the like button, uh, like, rate, and review, hashtag? I don't know how this stuff works. But but hey, uh, click the link to the YouTube channel and subscribe, and that way you can join us when we go live uh, each and every Tuesday night. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to some more, more live shows and interaction with the audience. So thank you guys so much who, who tuned in live this week. Uh, Mr. Bruce Gibson, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. And, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Admiral Rex, no underline where else, uh, you can even email me at Admiral underscore Rex at yahoo yahoo.com oh wow and you can find me yeah i had not that one but i have another personal email address on yahoo that i've had since 1995 and i still use it um and then also you can find me on if you like star trek you can find me on positively trek and we release about two to three episodes every week it's crazy but are you are you guys like negative nellies though on the on the on the show oh we're always positive actually we had a guest on that made a comment about something she didn't like in something and we got some feedback saying it was too negative well listen <laughs> you've kind of boxed yourself in calling your show but what if you don't like us you just can't talk about it you just can't do it no we we can be no the idea is that we can be critical we can you know we're just not going to be jerks about it yeah you yeah. know so yeah. Yeah, i mean it doesn't mean we like everything yeah if it, if it were you would call yourselves negatively trapped that would be the that would be the thing right we're just not going to be like this is the most stupid dumbest thing i ever heard yeah bad writing uh hey (laughs) that's never happened in trek fandom um Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, hey, stay in touch with the show, too. Uh, you can follow us at Star Wars Report, Facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. You can get notifications for when we go live. You can go to uh, Star Wars Report.com slash mailing list. Catch the uh, Star Wars Report mailing list. Make sure you subscribe and get email updates about the show, uh, as well as uh, uh, intermittent commentary on, on news stories as they break. You can get that right in your email inbox. Star Wars Report.com slash mailing list. Go to Star Wars Report.com slash iTunes. Leave us a rating and review, especially if you use the Apple Podcasts app. If you're listening to us right now on that uh, on that app, make sure you just leave us a rating and review. It really helps get the word out about the show. And, and speaking of, uh, regardless of rating or reviewing or anything like that, uh, just share the show with a friend. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy Star Wars conversation, and you know somebody in your life who, uh, who might also enjoy the podcast, make sure you share the Star Wars report with them. Uh, and then one final big shout out, uh, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's where you can support the show directly. Get some cool bonus content like our rogue transmissions. Get on the Bothan High Council. I'll be sending out an email actually pretty soon to schedule a, a, a hangout with the Bothan High Council to talk all things Mandalorian. 
Uh, so make sure that you guys uh, uh, check your inbox for those of you who are on the Bothan High Council, and you can learn all about our various uh, tiers that you can support the show and help make the show happen at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Until next time, everyone, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Many Bothans died <laughs> to bring you oh, this podcast. I'm Carolyn well, Blakiston. Nice <laughs> the moon is this- round. <laughs> <laughs>